0: On this bonus episode of Progressive Palaver, the group discusses the Star Wars movies, ranking them in order. Hi and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album and sometimes we talk Star Wars too. I'm Joe Beauclair and on this bonus episode of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friends Tom Corcoran and Paul Zotter as we waste our time and yours force ranking the Star Wars movies. Very nice. All right, gentlemen. Nice. So here we are. You know, killing a little uh, social distancing time by uh, doing what the palaver always does—talking about stupid crap that really doesn't matter, but is kind of fun anyway. So I—I
1: I don't think I plan my whiskey outright because I just ended my <laughs> uh, my whiskey.
0: Do you need to top off? We can we can wait. I
1: think I think I might. I think this list will sound a lot better after after. What would technically be my third whiskey of the night, but
0: you know one of the things that I do, whether i'm I'm social distancing or not, is I like to sort of keep up with the uh, the little news headlines that get you know pumped to my phone because you know I like to follow certain things, and inevitably, um, you know, weird goofy shit will will show up, or you know, um, actually, since I've been working at home, it's been kind of nice. Because I can have, um, you know, my work computer on one side, my personal computer on the other. So if I need, you know, a, a two, three minute sort of mental break, I can just kind of rotate my chair and, uh, and and look for stuff. So I come across these goofy things and, you know, with the with the Internet and and Skynet being what it is, you know, if you read three or four or five articles on, on Star Wars, you're going to start seeing a whole lot more crap like that show up on whatever feed it is you're following. Um, and right. so these things pop up, and and it was just a, a couple of days ago, and I'm pretty sure we we saw this before when episode nine came out, and, and we probably even talked about it in that palaver. Although I haven't gone back to check, but but I I came across um, this this story um, best Star Wars movies ranked all eleven movies from worst to best, and it was purported to be put together by the teams at uh, GamesRadar plus Total Film and SFX. And apparently whoever these people are got together, ranked all 11 films. Now they they specifically it's it's interesting when you read sort of the the preamble here. They say, however, we're not ones to shy away from a challenge. The teams at Games Radar Plus, Total Film, and SFX have put our collective heads together to come up with a definitive ranking of the best Star Wars movies. While there was a single winner, the margins between first and second place and fourth and fifth place were particularly slim. Um we also decided against including the Clone Wars animated movie and the Christmas specials. So and, and I certainly agree with that. You know, let's talk about live Seriously. action, um, you know, movies, the main sequence, plus Rogue One and solo is is what we'll do. I mean, that's what they did, That's what we'll do. So I was reading this sure. and I was I was, you know, and this is one of those things. you, you know, can you really go wrong? well, no, it's just, it's, it's someone's opinion, but I thought it might be fun just to kind of go through this and, and, you know, act incredulous and, you know, maybe provide, you know, some of, some of our own thoughts. And then I had this sort of. You
2: could go wrong. You could go wrong. If you give the last Jedi a high rating, but
0: well, okay, let's keep, let's keep going.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I, you know, I have reviewed this list several times. And, and not a single time did I ever read the opening two paragraphs that you just talked through, Joe, <laughs> which I which I was like, wait, is this the same article I've been looking at all this time? <laughs> so I'm glad that to know that, you know, they spent, you know, they spent some good, hard effort on it. I think that uh, I, I'm going to peg based on their ratings. I'm going to peg all of them are middle aged. They're between the ages of 45 and, and 50 is my guess. Uh, I'll just start with that so sorry yeah
0: and 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 i don't know that i would disagree with you and and maybe that's what gave me my inspiration on friday night um even though i hadn't thought about it explicitly because i was having dinner with the kids i had the kids this weekend and you know inevitably we started talking about this because you know star wars is something that we can generally all talk about and and so i asked my kids to provide me their lists because I had a suspicion that they would be vastly different from mine. And, and a lot of this, we had talked about this in a few Star Wars episodes we've done. You know, Much like, much like you know, a person's perception of a prog rock band, it's often colored by where you get on the train. So, mm. you know, a lot of, of folks younger than us that I know who like Star Wars you know, they have a much much different perception of the prequels and the sequels than folks of our age do. And so that's why I was very curious to sort of see, you know, what my my kids thought about this and sort of really go far, you know, far down the spectrum. So, you know, I, I don't exactly know how exactly we're going to do this. We've always sort of threatened on the palaver to do force ranking episodes. But I, you know, Mm. part of the reason I think we've never done it is I, I don't really know how to do it in an orderly fashion. So, you know, we'll just, but again, I just thought this might be a fun way to spend 30, 40 minutes on a Sunday night and, and chatting about some crap. I think we've already spent 30, 40 minutes. We just started. So (laughs) that's awesome. That's perfect. That is Uh, awesome.
1: So one thing I'll I'll talk about force ranking because I've, I have, I, I love force ranking. I, um, I've been in, um, situations at work where force ranking is like a common thing that we do when, when we talk about people and talent and things like that, which seems awful, but, um, but, uh, I love force ranking, but one of the things about force ranking in my opinion is that usually the, the, the the people or the things that you're ranking at the top uh need to be definitive and and uh, you know but in the same you know are and, and they're really important right the things that you're ranking at the very bottom same they need to be very very definitive but the middle is pretty much probably yeah. interchangeable like in this situation number 5 could probably be interchangeable with number 8 on any given night based on you know, any, any typical feelings, but probably the first three and the bottom three, they, they should be a lock.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I agree. Yeah. Cool.
2: Interesting. But real quick, tying this into Prague. Um, I, I don't know if I heard this. Uh, one of you guys say this uh, on one of the Genesis episodes, but Mike Rutherford actually said something similar, Joe. He said, um, you know, your favorite Genesis album is going to be really where you get on yeah and um, one of you guys were uh, reiterating some something of that nature um that Mike Rutherford had said so yeah mm. I mean I, I can definitely understand that
0: I, I just you know it, it's funny how that happens because I mean yeah we do it all the time you know we're talking to people right. about yes and you know there are some people we'll use Colby as a good example right we're I think we we're talking not too long ago about, you know, the Yes catalog. And, and I, if I remember correctly, Colby said there are like three Yes albums, 90125, Big Generator, and I forget what the other one was.
1: Yes. Well, I failed as a roommate. That's all I have to say. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but the point is, I mean, you know, and, and, and look at look at friend of the palaver, Joe Cass. Joe Cass came in on Open Your Eyes and absolutely loves that album. I have right. very little time for it, you know, and, and you know, here again, I think it, it, much like when we're talking about yes albums, you know, I, I, it, I, I would not begrudge sitting down and watching any of these 11. And, and I know that's going to be somewhat controversial, hmm. but I mean, it, you know, much, you know, I, I, I don't know that it's ranking star Wars movies in, in the, the full spectrum of all the movies available, you know, I, I don't think they're so bad. Yeah. I mean fairness that's, 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 that's not to good. say that that's not to say that they're intellectual properties, um, but <laughs> mm. you know
1: That's a good starting point though.
0: Yeah. So I thought maybe it would be fun just to go through the the list as published, and then we can maybe hash around it ourselves. Oh, yes, please. All right. Yes, please. So, starting at the bottom, number 11, we have Attack of the Clones. That would be episode 2. Number 10, we have episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Number 9, we have episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Okay,
1: so that... That is my, f- th- I mean, so that right there completely exposes the demographic of the population that we're that we're dealing with. Yes. And but come on, like the f- the the f- uh, how can you put Revenge of the Sith in the bottom three? It it and and I I don't I don't mean to stop us already, but come on, the 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 lightsaber battle between Obi Wan and and anakin and the and the the rise of darth vader at, at the, like i mean despite the ridiculous no i mean that is worth
2: <laughs>
0: that 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 should squeak into at least the middle and and i agree with you 100 percent. now i don't know if it was if it was a result of this conversation at dinner or we had the conversation at dinner as a result of it but somewhere along the lines friday night during dinner it was requested by by my daughter that we watch episode 3 so we did and there you go and you know because episode 3 is probably the episode that i have watched most often with my children it's the one that that they really really kind of identify with and and what's funny about that i mean especially when you talk about the prequels you know it and we'll, we'll get through this when we go into our individual lists. But for me, how I see it is, you know, they there are annoying things about each of them. I think Attack of the Clones is deserves to be at the bottom just because angsty Anakin just makes me cringe. It's so yeah. gross. Ugh. Absolutely yeah. disgusting. Much more so than annoying Jake Lloyd um, Anakin in episode one. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I think episode three really gets a lot of that sort of out of the way, and, and really focuses, you know, in a place that that I find to be a lot more engaging. And you know, like you get good lightsaber battles in in episode one and two, mm-hmm. and and episode three is, is interesting in that there's the 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 battles, the lightsaber battles involving Darth Sidious are laughable and terrible. That is true, but the the bookends of mm-hmm. of Anakin and Obi Wan versus Dooku in the beginning, Christopher Lee uh, really does a good job with that. I think he's he's yes. really quite excellent. Um, and and you said it, Paul. The, as bad as the scenes between like Yoda and Sidious are, which you know, I, I think Episode Three has a lot to do with coloring my my final analysis of Yoda the the lightsaber battle between anakin and obi-wan is as good as anyone could have ever imagined it i mean mm-hmm. maybe maybe they put all of their effort into that but for me that alone makes that movie like you said at least in the middle of the pack yes uh, and
1: i and i'll just as a brief aside um grace has already proven herself to be one of the coolest um She's in elementary school at this point, still. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. One of the uh, coolest elementary uh, school students of uh, of the current age. I bet you she has been to more progressive rock concerts than any one of these dorks that filled out this uh, this uh, survey here that we're talking about.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> wait till you see her list, Paul. So. <laughs> 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 Okay, so Whoa. so so back into our list. Now we're we're out of the bottom 3 and we're into the the mid-range, so to speak. Number 8 is Solo. Number 7 is The Rise of Skywalker. Number 6, this is the one that sort of ruffled my feathers a little bit. Rogue One.
1: Yeah, that's an abomination right there.
0: Number 5, The Force Awakens. How that ranks above Rogue One, I will never, ever know. Number four. Tom, hold on to your seats, my friend. Episode eight, The Last Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) Christ on crutches. Jesus. I mean,
2: honest to God.
0: So, of course, this means, I mean, we can all do the math. We've got the original trilogy in the top three, so... You know, and and what did they say? It was it was between four and five that it was close? So between yes. the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Yeah. That, okay. Great. That's ridiculous. So number three is Return of the Jedi, and of course number two is Episode Four, A New Hope, and the Big Baddie. Number one, Episode Five, The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Now, I just wanted to get it out of
1: the way. Does anybody else on their list have anything different as the number one and number two as Empire number one and New Hope number two? I do. Okay. All right. Wow. You don't,
0: you don't have that, Joe? Wow. Okay. I don't. I'm interested. Um, wow. Let's see. Aiden has something different, and Grace has something different. Okay. So maybe I failed all, as a parent.
1: <laughs> we're all were all of the Beauclerc children involved in uh, in in this experiment. Ellis or?
0: did not participate. Okay. So hmm. I, you know, and for me, and, and it was funny, you know, back, um, you know, when when it first came out, and. Um, you know, I was I was dating that one woman who was you know in, into Star Wars, and we saw Rogue, we saw Rogue One together. And I, I mm. each of since the Disney has bought them and they started releasing, so Episode Seven, Eight, and Nine, Rogue One and Solo, I've seen each of those in the theater three times. Bought the media as soon as it came mm. out and have watched multiple times at home. So, um. I saw. I think I saw Rogue One three times in the first week. I saw it twice the you know, opening weekend, and then I saw it the following weekend. I Rogue One blew me out of the water. Mm. I, I, my own personal opinion, and and I don't know what what derives what drives this. The main sequence is a little cartoony in a way whereas i felt rogue one was an actual adult movie that just so happened to be in the star wars universe and that's kind of what i responded to with that so
1: yeah i i i think you're right on i totally agree with that i felt like solo was exactly the same thing it was it was a completely a separate adult movie uh that took place in in the star wars universe only quite frankly i just don't think they executed solo as well however i'll just add to that thought that solo was specific around a singular character and a swashbuckling character that han solo is so i think that that part of my problem with solo overall is that they over indexed on his character and that and that sort of glorifying of his swashbuckling tendencies versus telling a real story
2: yeah it's interesting uh because we never released our solo episode right well, so this we is never, great because we never, we can recorded, never a, recorded it.
0: We, we never <laughs> no, recorded a full did.
2: one. No, we did. No, we, no. we recorded it at we, the end of an episode. It was Yeah, yeah episode. That was it, was like, just, it was 20 minutes. was just. That's nothing that was for was the post us. show. That's
1: next year's <laughs> <Okay>. YouTube <laughs> program, the post show. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> yeah. my, my point is, we can actually talk a little bit about yeah, more Solo. No, yeah, absolutely. Never, for whatever reason. That's right. Yes, that's true.
1: Don't hold anything back, Tom.
0: um
2: no go ahead
0: and and you know i i I agree i think the problem um with solo you you know if you 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 meet han solo obviously you know in the middle of the story so to speak and um and and harrison ford tough act to to follow right? right and and you know where he started the the problem that 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 I always had with Solo the movie was was twofold. I think they, they tried to be too specific in how Han Solo got, like, we didn't need to know where the name came from. I could have cared less where the name came from. I thought that whole sequence felt very forced and contrived. Yeah. And, and I yep. didn't, it, it didn't, It detracted for me, it didn't add to me. There's so much space in there that they could have, as you said, Paul, told a coherent story around Han Solo that that didn't didn't go near the boundaries, right? That wouldn't have really shifted where he wound up or where he you didn't need all of that. You know, you didn't have to to connect every dot, is my feeling. Agreed.
1: So anytime I you know, anytime People take away like movie makers take away like the mystery of anything, and you know feel the need to tell me uh, exactly what what is. I I refer to that as a midi chlorian because it's it's the same thing. Like I don't need to know you know I don't need to know about midi Like yeah. I don't I don't want to know about them, and uh and, and I'm with you there on that.
0: That is very funny. So this whole conversation has led to some fascinating chats with my kids over this weekend. So literally, this tonight after dinner, we were we were bagging on midi chlorians, and you know, I just sometimes I'm just amazed by my kids. So this theory was posited with regards to midi chlorians because that's part of the reason why the prequel trilogy winds up at the bottom. Because like, what the fuck are midi chlorians? What are you talking about? Right. Um, And and I pointed out that one of the problems I had was that, you know, the the midi-chlorian explanation is completely at odds with the way that Yoda explains everything on Dagobah when we meet him in Episode 5, which is Mm. badass. Um, Yoda in Episode 5 was badass. And so Carter... (laughs) Carter's like... he drew the parallel of like, you know, 17th century thinkers, right? So if you have people who were into, um, you know, a, a, a specific, uh, you know, theoretical fad, if you will, um, we can use spiritualism for instance, when people thought they could talk, you know, to, to loved ones beyond and, and all of that, um, a shout out to the movie, the illusionist, um, that, that deals with some of that. Um, and oddly enough, deals with the Austro-Hungarian empire, um, Mm. which fits in with, you know, what we were talking about in the pre-show with, uh, with world war one. So, (laughs) so, you know, that was, that was the thinking at the time. And he said, you know, it's really not too outrageous to think that the Jedi and the Sith maybe just had the idea wrong. On, on how that whole thing worked, and when Yoda spends twenty years on Dagobah, you know, contemplating the Force and everything else, he said maybe Yoda's explanation in Episode Five was in fact more accurate. I'm like, okay, hmm. cool. I'm on yeah. board.
1: <laughs> I like I, I I totally appreciate that because I I would love that had, had only had the movies come out in that in that order to make me feel like that's really what happened. But um, right. But that that's fine. I like that explanation.
0: Yeah, I, I I thought it was I thought it was was really really quite quite clever. Um, so yeah, you know, um, and I so, had, so I had Joe, two things about Solo, and I only said one, but I don't remember what the other one was.
1: What where uh, so where did you? I don't know how you want to go through this, but I'm curious to know uh, since you are your number one and number two are not Empire and New Hope, what uh, what is your number one and number two?
0: My my number one is, in fact, The Empire Strikes Back, because okay. when I when I sat down and and, and wrote this list, um, you know, I, I I I wasn't going to put Empire up there just because I'm a cantankerous little snotball, but when I when I thought about it, you know, really, what what is there to argue with about Episode Five and you know, one of the other conversations that we had had to do with the the coolness arc of Luke Skywalker. And it was posited by my children that when we, in episode four, when we meet the characters, Luke Skywalker, infinitely less cool than Han Solo. By the time episode six comes around, Luke Skywalker is more cool than Han Solo. And by the time the end of episode eight rolls around, Luke Skywalker is hands down the coolest badass ever. Period. Mm, and yes. and what I added to that was and again in episode 5 Luke Skywalker is not cool until Yoda gets his hands on him. When he mm-hmm. shows up in Cloud City, it's the first time that you're like, "Oh, wait a second. This guy maybe has something." And and we were talking about this really in terms of both the character as well as the actor. Um but you know, and and by the time you get into episode six, when he shows up at Java's Palace, um, bad plans aside, um, in the in the you know, the black Jedi outfit and he's got you know a much different mm. demeanor about him. So um yeah. so so my list has has Empire at number one and it has Rogue One at number two.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. Wow, Rogue One at number two. Okay.
0: I I, I so, really wanted to put Rogue One at the top. So uh, what I was saying was, when I was dating this woman, we would get into arguments because I I was smitten with Rogue One. I'm like, this is the best Star Wars movie ever, and she like threatened to break up with me at that point. It was funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sounds like a keeper somehow. I don't know.
0: So it's funny.
1: I I I actually made this list twice, and. I, I too, wanted to put Rogue One very, very high up on the list, but what is really interesting about Rogue One in my own experience is that I've only watched that movie one time, my original uh, wa- watching of the movie in the theater when it came out. Really? I've, I've never gone back and watched it a second time in the theater. I've never gone back and watched it on disney channel or netflix or you know anything never bought it on demand and i think part of the reason was i i walked out of the theater thinking that may have been the best star wars movie ever made and i don't think i ever want to ruin that um that ruin that that idea so i've i've never even on like a bored friday night when i'm like ah, i'll just watch a star wars movie maybe i'll watch rogue one i've like mm. i always find something else to watch because i have just never never done it it came in at number three for me though even with all of that
2: all okay. of that hesitation
0: so tom what are your top two then uh, my my top
2: two are my my top one is empire strikes back and my number two is a new hope so same with the other See, list
0: and and what i was but, gonna yeah. say I'm, I'm sorry tom go ahead uh,
2: no, I mean, I was just saying. Um, I know we're going to go through our list in detail, but I mean, we're, we were talking about solo before, so yeah. I just wanted to to chime in and say that solo was hard for me. I sort of, when I was writing my list, I sort of moved it around a couple of times because I sort of was changing my mind a little bit because I um, I enjoyed the movie. I just thought it was just miscast, and I. never thought i was watching han solo like i and again you you said it joe i mean uh, harrison ford is you know hard to follow and um and although they did a a poor job in casting him i mean they could have although no one's going to be harrison ford they could have done at least a better job of, of doing it and i think I just never was like – I always thought I was watching a different movie about a different story, and it was it was cool. It was fun to watch. There was some interesting things going on, but I just never felt like I was watching Han Solo, and there was a, a, a disconnect there. And I think that uh, I did see – I did go back and watch it a second time, and – there are some great scenes in the movie, some great action sequences. And I mean, it's just some really nice uh, parts of that movie. And, but I just, I still, I mean, like, and I'll tell you Lando Calrissian, like I can see in, in solo, I can see him as Lando Calrissian. All right. And so I was like, okay, it can be done. And
1: yeah, um, Donald Glover was all the time
2: in Star Trek. If you look at all the, You know, different versions of Star Trek and the different versions of Captain Kirk. And now there's all these different versions of Spock and all this other stuff with uh, Discovery and whatnot. (laughs) I mean, there's still um, uh, there's still a continuity uh, between the different actors playing that role uh, that, in my opinion, work and, and just solo and I know it sort of suffered from, there was uh, two directors that were actually tech, technically three um, that were on board solo. But I mean, I never found any of those problems to be paramount. I mean, I, I just thought the only real problem for me was uh, the actor who there's nothing really wrong as an actor. I mean, he, he was a decent actor, but he was just not Han Solo. So when I'm going through my list here, I'm just, um, I'm giving it high marks for a movie, but I just, I couldn't get, I couldn't really sign off. I couldn't really give it a high marks on the list because I wasn't watching um, a real Star Wars. I didn't feel like I was watching a Star Wars movie, you know, even though we're seeing Chewbacca and, you know, the whole, the whole bit. But um, anyway, so that's all I I really want to say about, about Solo, but um, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing I think the thing is, Tom, is you're right. Is that um, you know we talked about the story that the the solo story just wasn't as as uh, formidable, just not as impressive as like a story like Rogue One. And it's a shame because like I thought Amelia Amelia, Amelia Clark was awesome, and yeah. Donald Glover. I agree with this article. Like it was, it's almost like he was born to play this role. Um, but you know it 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 focused so much on you know han solo that you just kind of lost and and who who's going to beat harrison who's going to play that role i thought the dude did a great job but you know it was so much about the character and less i thought and less about a, a real story
0: and and so i remember right. the other thing about the movie that that sort of put me off in one of the main cornerstones of the Han Solo legend is the Millennium Falcon and the Kessel Run. Right? Yes. So, the way it's presented in the movie, the Millennium Falcon isn't even his ship at that point. And the way he pilots the Kessel Run is essentially he cheats. He doesn't Hmm. do the Kessel Run as you're supposed to do the Kessel Run. Therefore, All it really demonstrates is the fact that the guy's got huge balls, but he didn't really accomplish what he claims to have accomplished. So, you know, for me, I found that to be a little bit distracting. Some some, some good parts, though. You know, we were talking about... um, we're talking about Donald Glover. I, I agree. I thought he was spectacular. I thought Woody Harrelson was also really, really oh, good. Yeah. Who would have thought Woody yep. Harrelson in a Star Wars movie would be anything even worth paying? It, it sounds laughable when you talk about it, but I thought he was he was actually phenomenal. One of the things that my kids pointed out this evening about that is that Solo really is, you know, a... A, dis, a, a set disguised western movie complete with the train heist and, and, and everything else and mm. what we all know here in the last year is the Mandalorian has a lot of western feel and themes about it so you have to yeah. wonder how much of the Mandalorian was facilitated by the way they did Solo just something to think about
1: That that is interesting and um I uh you know I just happen to be on Google right now looking at the cast of Solo and I noticed that John Favreau's in Solo. I don't remember where he is in in the movie. Um to be really honest with you, but he is the mastermind behind
0: The Mandalorian.
1: Um The Mandalorian. Yes. And listen, yeah. one of the, one of my favorite things about the Mandalorian is that it's dirty space and that you most of the time you don't really know what the fuck is going on. Like, you know, you don't yeah. know what is happening with this um, Baby Yoda character? You don't know where you know where it came from, what it is, all this stuff. Um, so I hope that they don't go midi chlorian on us in um, in the <laughs> upcoming seasons uh, with 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 that. Um, the other thing about Solo that I found really annoying, and I'm sure I told this to you guys before, is that I don't like it. I don't like having to go back uh and and i don't like having to watch all the cartoons to understand what's going on in these stories right like i these movies should be able to exist without it when i saw darth maul at the end of solo i thought this is bullshit they got the timeline all wrong he's already dead and i had to go back and watch you know i literally drove home that night and fired up youtube and started looking for videos and was quickly given the history of Darth Maul and how he survived the Phantom Menace and all that, and I was like, okay, that's fine, but that's bullshit. I, I shouldn't have to know all that going into uh, into this movie.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I don't disagree. Now, looking at my children's top threes, this is interesting. So keep in mind, we have, you know, they they span a decade. Mm. So Uh, The the ten-year-old lists episode four, episode six, and episode three. Nice. My second eldest son lists episode five, episode three, and episode four. Okay. Now, the oldest, and keep in mind my children's 1 and 2 are they're different they share the same name but they're they're different cats episode 5 episode 4 and episode 8
2: hmm.
0: wow yeah now i so I, wow.
1: so so episode 8 Oh, that's the rise of Skywalker.
0: Yeah, uh, no, that's uh, the Last Jedi. And 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 the that's reason, what I, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Wow. And, wow. and The reason, the reason I, you know, and again, we, we had this discussion, and I I know why that is there. The reason that is there, really, he is is waiting very heavily, the super duper reveal of the cross galaxy force projection of one Luke Skywalker. Fair and enough. That. That really sealed it for him. Um, I think he also responds a little bit, and, and we had talked about this in our in our episode on that specifically. You know, I, I I myself spent a lot of time trying to get my brain around what Ryan Johnson was trying to do there, and you know, he really did open up the story. It could have gone anywhere, and you know, I, I think that that unchaining of the narrative might be something that he responds to. I, I don't know. I, hmm. I'm just kind of guessing on that, but I do know that he loves the whole force projection thing. As do I, I think it's, it's, it's yeah. really very, quite good. And that was, that was Aiden. That was Carter.
1: That was Carter. Okay.
0: You know, Carter or, or Aiden has, um, has five, three, four. Cause Aiden gotcha. loves episode three. Absolutely loves it. Yeah. Now, it's interesting when yeah. you get to the bottom three for me and my children, you have vastly different, <laughs> uh-huh. vastly different perspectives. So keep in mind, in in our source material here, and, and we're not saying that anyone's right, wrong, or indifferent. We're just discussing our preferences. So, um, you know, I, I enjoyed reading the article very much, but they had the the prequel trilogy in in the bottom three. All right. Um, now, going from... 11 to 10 to 9, so from bottom up, so to speak, I had episode 2, episode 7, and episode 1. Um, Carter had episode 2, episode 1, and episode 7. Aiden had episode 1, episode 7, episode 2, so the the three older Beauclair men are sort of aligned in variant forms. I, I feel like I'm
1: translating from like Spanish to English because um, <laughs> yeah. I know the episodes. I know the episodes, but I'm like trying to to capture them. So there's it seems a there's
2: connective with just like rattling off the numbers. I think
1: there's a okay. there's a interplay between um, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Attack and the... of the Clones, and um, the Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Interesting. Wow.
0: And and then and then my daughter has Rogue One. The Last Jedi what? and The Force Awakens. <laughs> well, okay. keep, keep in mind what we said, though, right? Yeah. Rogue One <laughs> is an adult movie in a Star Wars yes. universe. Yeah. My elementary school yeah. daughter is not an adult, so it makes That's perfect true. sense. That's true. You know, and it, it's like, I mean, think about it. When When this came out, we were seven and six years old. I mean, mm-hmm. it had a profound impact on us because we were so young, right? We were, yep. we were open to that. And, you know, so she, you know, she reacts to, to what she really likes. Now, honestly, I, I can't explain why she has episode four and, uh, at the top here. I, I don't really know why. I would have thought she would have put another one up there. Um, because she really does like the, I, I know she really responds to the sequel trilogy. She really um, identifies with Rey and thinks all that's great. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, six. I'll tell you the return. Um, yeah, Return of the Jedi is is that number two for her because she likes Ewoks. I hate Ewoks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So how about you guys? What's on your bottom?
2: Uh, But if you're asking me what my bottom three are, the uh, nine is Phantom Menace. Ten is Attack of the Clones. And 11 is The Last Jedi.
0: Okay. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And like... Oh, go ahead, Tom. Sorry. I was just, you know... I know... Phantom Menace is probably on a lot of people's like bottom, bottom. And I I think that there were just the, um, the effects in that just you could, he couldn't do what he really wanted, or at least he thought he, he just was not able to achieve what he was, he was going for. And it just does not stand up visually. It, when i first saw it i was like wow this really looks like a, a a disney movie um ironically you know disney ended up buying the um the franchise but it just it just really does not look good there's a disconnect between the actors the real um you know the real actors and the artificial landscape and all the uh, all the cgi and all the the computer generated things that just don't just don't fit. But, um, if you take away Jar Jar and you take away the fact that there is problems visually, um, Phantom Menace isn't as horrible as, you know, it, people think it is. Um, especially if you start like right where that, um, that, that race is, that um, yeah. I don't know what they call it, the but Bombers. when they start that race, um, I was like, oh wow, okay, now we're in Star Wars again. And you're sort of like, and then they they have a, more of an objective at that point, and things are moving, and they're not meandering with just like, okay, what can we do? Or we were underwater for a while, and we have all these like weird characters that don't really need to be anywhere, and visually things are just strange, and Um, you know, whatever. So, I mean, and of course, you know, I don't want to go into a big thing about Jar Jar, but obviously, um, you could do without him. But if those two things were taken out, yeah, I mean, so that's why I don't have Phantom Menace Mm -hmm. at the very bottom. Um, you know, Attack of the Clones is just such a mess because as much as I love action sequences, and I'm an action fan, you know, I, I really appreciate action movies the art in action movies uh there was just um redundant things you didn't know why people were being chased sometimes and uh it it, it was just excessive and it it was all it it, it was just not put together in a in a very cohesive way Mm. and um there was just it was just all action and just very little um plot. And then of course, you know, we've already talked about the Last Jedi. There's some real real problems with how that was handled. So I mean I was and that's actually the only Star Wars movie I've only seen once. <laughs> oh really. <laughs> and I will only see that once. I just oh, I, I was really, really offended. It's hard to not I like to take things that seriously, but I was just really offended when I when I um uh, saw that movie. So that's why that was at uh, the very last. Mm. Yeah, nice. One
0: of nice. the things that came up in our conversations about um, Attack of the Clones is, you know, Anakin has two Anakin the character, and we don't need to go into maybe Hayden Christensen necessarily the actor, but Anakin the character has two speeds in that movie: weepy, mopey, creepy, romantic guy. And off-the-hook psychotic murderer guy. He's got nothing else. And it, it's, it's kind of amazing. I think one of the things that I like so much about Episode 3, um, Revenge of the Sith, is the fact that they make his character throughout the course of that movie so much more palatable and relatable you know, when it's all said and done and and the fall occurs, and they don't really treat that, I think, nearly as as in-depth as they could have, it's not that Anakin Skywalker is evil. It's that Anakin Skywalker is not very bright. And he was duped by someone who was much more clever than he was. Mm. And, you know, that, that helps create the tragedy of of Anakin Skywalker. Whereas in, in episode two, he's just this like, you know, boiling ball of rage. <laughs> and you're just like, ah, I don't really give a shit, you know? <laughs> mm.
1: Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I, um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I think that, that the one, the one, it's it's just funny because the whole prequel trilogy. the the one thing that's great about the Phantom Menace is that, is that, you know, Padme isn't isn't in the the film enough in a, in a in my opinion in a substantial way enough for Natalie Portman's you know phoned in job to really take a take a take a dive. and I don't think she, I think she's at her best if I can say that in the in the three movies that she was in in the Phantom Menace it's yeah. it's the the, 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 the the biggest problems with and and here's the thing like you know I've seen Natalie Portman in other movies she seems like a pretty legitimate actress like I, I've seen her be really good in other movies and I don't think I've ever seen Hayden Christensen in another movie outside of this. But they both seem to have a really difficult time, like, operating in, like, a, a studio with the green screens all around them. Like, they can't get into character. It just seems like, like this article says, their their performances were phoned in. Yeah. And you don't get that in The Phantom Menace. You just get wonderful acting by Ian McDermott and by Ewan McGregor. And and by um, Qui Gon Jinn, yeah, Liam, Liam Neeson, exactly, Liam Neeson. right?
0: Yeah, he was he was phenomenal.
1: Yeah, but but you know the the problem with the Phantom Menace is I am of the camp is that you you don't even fucking need that movie in these nine. nine I am I am of that, the that's you machete know, you, order, you, you, right? You, you don't it, even exactly. Watch it. <laughs> yeah, if you want to watch these movies, don't even fucking waste your time with Episode One because. Like the coolest character in there is Darth Maul and Qui-Gon Jim, and they never show up in the whole rest of the sequence. So, you know, just don't waste your time and skip it all together. So And you won't be confused when you watch solo. You well, you won't be, exactly. <laughs> you even that even carries that benefit. So even with all of that. So here's something funny. Uh even, even so the first time I went through this, I, I really ranked these movies based on how I felt at like, and what they did for me as far as a feeling towards star Wars and the universe and how excited I was and how invested I was in the franchise. And and Eve and I was I was very invested when the Phantom Menace came out. I mean, shit! I saw I think I saw that movie five times in the theater. Wow! I got the the C the the VHS. I got the DVD music. Like I read the book. Like I was I was so excited and so into it. And even all of that, the. The highest I could rank The Phantom Menace was number 10 in this whole in this whole because I can't get away from the fact that you just don't even fucking need this movie. Kid- so they <laughs> that came in squarely at at number 10. The only thing that could be ranked less than that was Princess Leia as Mary Poppins in Outer Space. And and I had to give The Last Jedi uh the, the stronghold in in slot number 11. And and number nine, even though I've probably watched this movie more than any other of the Star Wars, you know, beyond the first three or the um, the original trilogy, um, Attack of the Clones came in number nine because it it's 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 just not a great movie yeah, overall. It's
0: it's, it's not. I, you know I had when I was doing my list, you know, I I had to think long and hard about where I put. The, the Last Jedi, mainly because of the Mary Poppins incident, uh, which I just I, I find to this day offensive. Let's just be honest about it. I mean, it's <laughs> just oh, wait a minute, <laughs>
2: guys! Guys, hold on a second here. I have to interrupt you just for a second. Um, when we were doing this episode, I felt like I was arguing you guys with you guys the whole time, and you it guys did feel like that. Yeah, the Last Jedi, and then. Uh, I, I, now, did you always feel this way, or did it, it did it sort of like was there a gradual decline after the episode? Because I, I mean, I was Tom. surprised to hear that you have the last Jedi as number eleven, Paul and Paul and Joe. You were you were <laughs> giving this thing like, I mean, you were hopping up and down like it was Christmas morning talking about. Tom, this. It's,
1: it's just like. It's just like in that episode, in that episode where you called me out for when we were driving from LA to San Francisco, and I told you how much I love the Phantom Menace, and I ranked at number ten.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. I'm confused. Um, um, I just have to sit back and, and so
0: so so, so I, and uh, I can I can sort of explain myself a little bit here. Uh-huh. When when The Last Jedi first came out, I did not like it at all. I, I had significant problems with it, as often happens when we were getting ready to palaver. And, and keep in mind, I was still seeing that same woman at the time who she responded very, very strongly and positively to The Last Jedi, which was sort of the start of, of my hypothesis that, you know, people of different ages react differently to the star wars saga she 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 argued with me that we um me mostly um but we were you know we were talking in the text at that point in the lead up to that episode and i think she even heard the episode but she argued that we were missing the point in that we were focused on all the wrong things and really everything that was important about uh about the last Jedi was this concept of, of hope and what hope means and, and how it it can be a, a, a power for change and all that other wonderful stuff, which is is valid. But me personally, in the lead up to us doing our episode on The Last Jedi, I had to, I, I didn't have to. I thought very long and very hard, much more so than it probably be de- probably deserved, on that movie. And what like I said, what was Ryan Johnson trying to achieve? And again, beyond the simple fact of you know, the whole Luke Skywalker ending thing was just balls out fantastic. When I was able to get myself into a place in a lot of ways, quite frankly, the rise of Skywalker disappointed me in that all this wide field that Ryan Johnson had opened up, and it could have gone anywhere, and they bring back in J.J. Abrams, and it's like, let's give you exactly what you thought you were going to get two movies ago. Oh, great. Thanks. Okay, cool. Hmm. You know, there, there, was, there was at least an element of the unknown coming out of The Last Jedi, that J.J. Abrams just, you know, wiped his butt with and flushed it down the toilet.
1: Mm.
0: So, um, so, so that's why I, you know, Mary Poppins aside, I, I, I have warmer feelings towards The Last Jedi than I might otherwise have. But, but the the Mary mm. Poppins thing is terrible. It's just, it's, mm. it's, it's so abominably bad. It. It, it makes a lot of these, these other things that we're talking about pale by comparison. We were we were talking a little bit ago about um, uh, the the guy who plays solo and and you know other people who reprise or uh, other you know roles in in other timelines. In the original trilogy, Alec Guinness was phenomenal as. As Ben Kenobi, he he really embodied a certain amount of of mysteriousness to it, um, and quite frankly, he seemed to be much better as a Force Ghost in in Episode Five than he was maybe as a person in Episode Four. But but he still was was very cool, and, and Alec Guinness was maybe a, a genius sort of a cast in that role because he had he had a certain bearing about him that that seemed fit in well and i mean we got to give i i think we have to give ewan mcgregor huge props because mm-hmm. throughout whatever else is going on in in the prequel trilogy i can't say that i ever had more than you know 90 seconds of concern that this was obi-wan kenobi I mean, I I think the the way that he delivered that not only seemed to be completely consistent with what Alec Guinness gave him as sort of a landing point, but I think, you know, Paul to your well, one of you guys made the point, I don't even remember already. He also seemed much more adept at operating in the, the George Lucas computer magic green screen environment. Than a lot yeah. of other people, so I just want to, I just want to, you know, give him props because I thought he was phenomenal,
1: big time, big time, yeah, agreed.
0: And that's why we're all so excited about the Obi Wan Kenobi show on Disney Plus.
1: If that's real, I, uh, <laughs> I'm excited.
0: All right, so we we've talked the top three, we've talked the bottom three. Do we need hey, to talk about the middle?
1: We do need to talk a little bit about the middle, but I have a question because. I seem to recall in our discussions. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> uh, our our previous discussions. There was a lot. There was a lot of discussion about strong female characters, right? Oh
0: yes, we have had
1: the discussion. and a, and this apparent need that we have in in uh in, in t- today's today's day. De- uh, you know, today the modern age. Of the need for strong female characters. And with that in mind, I will just say, I watched something on Netflix last night called uh, what, Happ- what, what Happened to Monday. Okay. I don't know if you guys have seen. It was from 2017. Um, it, it, it's a futuristic world where we're burdened with overpopulation. I, I type in what happened, and the first thing it comes up with is what happened to Darth Maul. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's about a futuristic time where we're overburdened with population, and so they enact this law where you can only have one, one child. And there is a uh, a uh, woman who dies giving birth to seven identical twins, and the grandfather raises them, names them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And they spend their entire lives as a singular identity and they each go out into the world on their specific day of the week their name day and um pretty dark movie overall then the main character is numi numi rapace i I don't know if that's how you say her name numi rapace she is um a swedish actress who um, was in the Swedish version, versions of the Millennium series, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, et cetera, okay, et cetera. Okay. Phenomenal. It, I thought she did a phenomenal job of of playing seven different parts. Um, but my point here is simply this, is that in all of our conversations, we've never really discussed Padme Amidala as a strong female character played by Natalie Portman. So I'm curious to know what you guys think about her character and and whether it does justice uh, if if that's even the right uh, thing to say about the 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 need that we have for strong female roles in in our society.
2: Interesting. You know, Princess Le- uh the, the the character of Princess Leia was so strong. Um I mean she really uh she had leadership, um she was sexy but she was also badass and she had like a an objective and uh, a real strong place. You accepted her. And to me, I never really thought of, you know, male, female. She was just a very strong, strong character. And I think now it seems like there's always a dialogue about that. Paul. Yeah. I mean, people are always talking about if, um, you know, strong female characters and, and whatnot. I think that, um, I think her character was fine. I think it just suffered just the writing around the whole three movies suffered. And, you know, I I don't think there was a problem with her acting. I don't think there's a problem with the role. It could have been, if she was supportive of Skywalker, but, you know, she, she didn't blindly follow him in episode six at the end. I mean, she, she knew right and wrong. Yeah. So, um, but, um, I think that it, it just, there was so many faults with those three movies. It doesn't really come up in my vocabulary. If you know about strong women characters, because there was mm-hmm. just so many weird things that shouldn't have been in there. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and yeah. there was so many good things about say row one and the last three movies with Ray, that you know, I don't really, um, you know, I mean, what can you say about her character? It was, it was great, uh, but yeah, I, I just don't, uh, you know, it, I think it was, it was a lost opportunity in general.
0: So hmm. it, it's interesting as you guys are sitting here talking, I'm, I'm kind of got the gears running in my head. If, if we if we take Princess Leia out of it because she's in essentially five or six movies, depending on how you look at it. Um, but if we concentrate on Padme in the in the the prequel trilogy and Rey in the sequel trilogy and compare and contrast there. What I originally was thinking about, because this was the nature of the question, Paul, in my estimation, the Padme Amidala character starts out exactly the kind of character that you want. And through storytelling or use of the character, whatever it is, I think that character ends up waning significantly throughout that prequel trilogy to where by the time you get into Revenge of the Sith, I find her, quite frankly, annoying. Like I, I, just, you know, it, as 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 strong as she is, and and in control, and has having her own agency in in the Phantom Menace, you know, in I, I think Attack of the Clones, there are just too many problematic aspects of that whole part of the story, uh, you know, but but you start to see that, and and to the end. You know, by the time it's all said and done, she turns into nothing more than than eye candy. You know, apparently, mm. they don't have bras in space. Okay, cool, great. <laughs> you know, whatever. And, and like I said, the the way that the character is utilized in 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 Revenge of the Sith, I, I just I find it to be grating. And you know, while Tom, you're absolutely right, she does make you know the she she does she's the one person who confronts Anakin and says what you're doing is wrong, even even that part of it, it's just kind of like, oh, and then she just falls on the ground. Yeah. Okay, great, whatever. Mm. Um, but mm. compare that with Ray. So when Ray comes onto the scene in The Force Awakens, you're like, who the hell is this person? You know, who is this is this, you know, Luke Skywalker recast as a woman? You know, who what where does she get this ability to go toe to toe with this guy who's you know freaking stopping blaster bolts in the air with the force, right? And you're like you know it, it was just this this sense of of lack, you know un, un, unsupported entitlement, right? Mm. But by the time you get to the rise of Skywalker, And you get to that last scene where she's burying the two Skywalker lightsabers and igniting her own and claiming the name for herself. You're like, fucking A. right! you deserve that. Yeah. You know, so the the arc was completely opposite.
1: Okay, so to talk about the middle, Joe, I'll just start with this. You mentioned earlier you, you questioned how The Force Awakens could have beat out Rogue One. And I, I'll share with you that in my first iteration of my list, *Force Awakens* actually did beat out *Rogue One*.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Yes, Be- and and that was that was sort of based on how excited I was for the franchise when *The Force Awakens* came out. Like okay. I was, like I was, I, I was thrilled with *The Force Awakens*. I absolutely loved it. I was just giddy about, uh, yeah, you know, while it it's easily a recapitulation of episode four. I was just so giddy at how they pulled it off and um, thought Ray was great. just love the whole thing. I think I saw it three times in like the first seven days that it was out. And, um, and, and the way that it rejuvenated me towards star Wars, um, I actually put it ahead of, of rogue one. But then after I went back and really thought about like, you know, you know all components of everything. Um, it, it it dropped a couple a couple of spaces um, and and was, was f- held firmly in in the middle of the pack.
0: Okay.
2: So so what's your lineup there, Paul?
1: So I have number four of as Return of the Jedi. Number five, that, Force. Oh, Are right, we going from yeah.
2: best to worst?
1: Yeah, uh, this is rank number four. Yes, yes. Okay. So rank number four is Return of the Jedi, five is The Force Awakens, six, The Revenge of the Sith, seven, Rise of Skywalker, I think mostly just because I'm just happy it's over. And um, I was, you know, pleased with the whole uh, couple scenes t- there towards the end that really just did it for me. And then uh, number eight, uh, Solo, rounding out the, uh,
2: the middle. It's funny we have we have Solo in the same place.
0: I, I have it in in slot eight as well.
2: Oh, all right, <laughs> it's a winner. <laughs>
0: nice. well, the one thing we do know,
1: <laughs> we right. we can definitively say that Solo is the eighth best Star Wars movie. <laughs> oh,
0: where was it? Where was it in the source material? I need to I need to look now. It was number eight. <laughs> And there you go! Wow. So yes, Solo is definitively the eighth best Star Wars. No, no arguments. We've accomplished something. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I love it.
2: So, um, so I'll go. So I have four as Rogue One. Yeah, I mean, I I, I loved it, but I just. I couldn't put it in the top three, because the top three, to me, are just classic, you know, the the great Star Wars movies. Um, As five, I have Rise of Skywalker. Um, Six, I have Revenge of the Sith. Seven, Force Awakens. Eight, Solo. Nice. So, and, you know, some of these... A couple of them could be interchangeable. Maybe Rise of Skywalker and Revenge of the Sith could be interchangeable. I mean, I, I've always had a soft spot for Revenge of the Sith. I think as much as I disliked the prequels, I, I did like what yeah. Lucas did and how the turn of, of Skywalker happened and, and how he became Darth Vader. I thought that was handled pretty well. And I think by that point, I don't know if we were just so used to seeing a lot of the, the cheesy CGI or it just got better from the, the, the time that Phantom Menace started and Revenge of the Sith started. But, um, you know, I, I don't I wasn't cringing at a lot of the um, mm. computer generated stuff at that point. And I was just able to watch it um, as I would a regular movie. I mean, what is a regular movie? That's kind of a, a ridiculous statement. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I was just able to watch it without cringing at the at the at the CGI. So, and I I, I liked how he handled the whole um, turning you know Skywalker into into Darth Vader. I thought it was I thought it was good. So, um, you know, that's mm. I, I really Revenge of the Sith for me is like smack dab in the middle. Yeah. So Joe where what, what what what's your lineup there?
0: So in in slot number 4 I have I have a new hope uh, just because you know I I needed to put Rogue 1 higher and I mm-hmm. think of the original 3. I mean, you know, a new hope is not it's not the the fastest, the brightest, the the sexiest. You know, it it, it you know, it, it it's the original but I think some of the other, you know, if 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 we're going to recognize universally that the Empire Strikes Back is better than A New Hope, then you know, you know, I I, I think I, I would vacillate between Return of the Jedi and A New Hope as to which one is better. Um, but you know, I think I think the the Luke Skywalker cool factor has a lot to do with it. Honestly, mm. I saw an interesting. Uh, um, I, I'll call it an article. It's it was a, a video sort of thing online this this past week that talked about you know because everyone goes ew with the uh, with the the Luke and Leia interaction in in A New Hope and and Empire Strikes Back only to find out that they're they're twins in in Return of the Jedi and it looks it you know who knows but but what was purported in in this we'll call it an article, is the fact that the original story, Luke Skywalker was always meant to have a sister, but it was supposed to be another character. And after they made the first two movies, and everyone sort of saw the way that the the three actors were sort of interacting, that rather it, it, it simplified everyone's life a little bit, rather than introducing some strange new character, just to utilize someone who was already there, and, and so that character ended up getting sort of written out and morphing into into Leia. So, mm. you know, that, that helps some of that a little bit. But anyway, so in, in, in slot four, A New Hope. Slot five, I've got Revenge of the Sith. Slot six, I have The Rise of Skywalker. Because mm-hmm. while it's a little obvious, I did find it to be, you know... Very enjoyable and a feel-good sort of okay. It may have been obvious, but it was an enjoyable obvious way. Um, and then in slot seven, I've got I've got the Last Jedi for the reasons that we mentioned earlier. Mm. You know, I wonder how all of
1: those people who get so squeamish about Luke and Leia kissing feel about Jamie and Cersei Lannister fucking their brains out with each other on the Game of Thrones.
0: Well, that's a that's a very interesting thought, Paul. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I don't know. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Maybe yeah.
1: they don't watch Game of Thrones. Maybe if you watch Star Wars, you you know you know. I thought you
0: would Game of Thrones.
1: If you're squeamish about the little kissing scene in uh, in uh, Empire, maybe uh, maybe you didn't stay up late enough to watch Game
0: of Thrones. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, I mean, like I said, this this is. Yeah, this was just a fun way to to pass some time. I I don't really, you know, I'm as always, you know, very happy to hear other people's thoughts on this. I really, really would love to to talk to Dave Kersner about this. Oh, we we, that's right. We should
1: have invited him to join us tonight.
0: We we really should have invited Dave to join us Uh, because the last interview we had with him it was before. I think it was before the the. The Rise of Skywalker it, came out. It was. It and, was just before that. Yeah. And and we we spent some time talking about it and he's very, very engaged with the whole Star Wars saga. So we do need to to reach out to Dave and and, and see how he felt about this and uh, you know maybe compare his his list as well. But you know, like I said, this is just something something fun that I thought we could we could spend a little time on. So gentlemen, I certainly appreciate you spending the time here this evening to chat about it. Any sort of closing thoughts on the, uh, the star Wars movie saga as it ends today. I just love
1: that we can spend this much time talking about this. And I, I, you know, I just say that, you know, Tom, you were talking about, you were confused about how, you know, two years ago we were debating whether the last Jedi was good or not. And, um, and yet I still ranked it number 11 in my, uh, in my list. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, you know, it may be the eleven the, the 11th ranked star Wars movie on my list, but it's still a star Wars movie, right? That's yeah. still, this is like, this is part of my being. This is part of, of uh, you know, it sounds silly, but I, you know, like you said, Joe, this hit me when I was seven years old and it's, just been such a huge part of my life and um, I, I love so much about Star Wars that even the 11th ranked movie is uh, is still pretty damn good in my book so uh, I, uh, I'm i happy that we did this and I'm looking forward to uh, force ranking other things <laughs> in, uh, in our universe
2: yeah we're, we're still talking about force ranking King's X so we, maybe we should do that next
0: <laughs> maybe we should yeah I mean you know hey uh, you know these these uh, we can force rank things out of sequence anytime we want so <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm a big fan of that so you know again to uh, to any of, of our listeners who have have sat through <laughs> what what was in my mind a 40 minute conversation <laughs> <laughs> Um, And and you have your own thoughts, you know, please, uh, by all means, reach out to us, as always. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Uh, Search for Progressive Palaver or at Progpala on all of those. You're more than welcome to email us. Our email address is progpala at gmail.com. Progressive Palaver is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and presumably anywhere. That you find your podcast, and we are, as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So, um, we do encourage you to to get in touch with us. Let us know your list. Um, let us know how you know goofy you think we are. Whatever the case may be, but um, you know, until next time, when we find something else to to prattle about. Thanks for listening. Like a Cylon, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Say by your command. (laughs) By
2: your (laughs) (laughs) command.